minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't find it Ministry minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't What up, what up, what up, what up How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance I hope you love it, I hope it blesses you More importantly, I hope it gets you closer to God Enjoy Alright y'all, what up man, it's your man Anthony I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance Today, I got my man Cliff Jones on the, on the program uh, How you doing man? Hey man, I'm blessed by the best Amen. Good. Everything Amen. going on, young man. Everything is going good, man. You know, it's been one of those weeks where the enemy's been trying to, trying to, you know, get at me, but uh, but he he messing with the wrong one. Hey, I like that man. He persistent. It's nonstop, right? For sure, man. Message. <laughs> Riding in the back. <laughs> You're. <laughs> uh, oh shoot. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Dirty, dirty. Uh, yeah, dirty, dirty, man. I love it down here. Uh, single child. Grew up, uh, you know, I had my dad in my life, you know, but I saw him mostly on the weekends because my, my uh, parents uh, divorced us when I was like one or two. And, uh, you know, childhood was kind of rough, you know, living with mom. But, uh, you know, very good provider, but you know, it just went a lot of emotional right. uh, aspects there. And of course, you know, that came from her childhood, you know how that goes. Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, uh, and just that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about being a good father, man, because my dad was awesome, but unfortunately, I only got a chance to see him on the weekend. No. And now that I'm a father, I often think like because I'm in my kid's life like every day, you know. Right. How would it be if my dad was in my life every day, you know? Right. And uh, unfortunately, he died when he died at the early age of 48. Man, he died two weeks before I graduated from college. Wow. And it was tough, man. You know, he was like my best friend, and um, took about five years to get through that. You know, uh, I did counseling, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm a big advocate of, of mental health uh, and, and mental illness and seeking help. Amen. Therapist, psychiatrist, whatever. Uh, I know it helped me, and uh, I think it can help other people too. So after five years, man, um, you know, I ended up meeting, uh, you know, Toya, my wife, and uh she was a big contributor too, man, because she was always there, you know, comforting me when I would have those spells like Father's Day and right. birthday, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But uh, really, man, when I had my own kids, my son, is when it just kind of, I don't know, like I morphed into my own man and, you know, I let it go, you know. Now I hear you. Uh, 
I hear you. I wish I could say the same. I don't know. I just say I wish I could say the same. It took me. It, it took me ten years, but I was too prideful to go to therapy and all of that, you know. And um, you know, pride makes. Yeah, you. Yeah, it sure is. Right, and then you throw in the cultural aspects of it, and then that makes it all kind of. Speaking of the culture aspects, um, this um, I only ask this for the purposes of what we're doing on here. Could you give your ethnic background? Man, I love it when people ask me that, seriously. And it's funny because when I did the first podcast with Ryan, it's the first thing when he was like, tell me about yourself. And I was like, well, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right off the top. Right. But I didn't. I thought it was going to be like a video podcast where people could see me, but so my ethnicity, man, I mean, I'm, I'm mixed, you know, my mom is black, but she's fair-skinned, like me, I had as fair-skinned. Uh, my father was fair-skinned, curly hair, green eyes, but he never knew his father. Oh. And I later found out that um, his mom had an affair um, you know she was married and she had an affair with you know I, I was told like maybe someone Puerto Rican or, or Hispanic descent right. you know, nobody really knew I was just trying to poll the family and it was just so secretive man <laughs> and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah and but you know what's so crazy man is again after I became a father I started thinking like, I can't imagine how hurtful that was to him that he never knew his father. Right. They wouldn't even tell him who it was, you know? Yeah, that that sucks and, that he didn't get the choice to, you know, to do yeah. that. Right. And so, uh, again, that, you know, that's another contributor to, like, me wanting to be the best version of myself as far as being a good father and a good husband. It's because, you know, situations like that, man. Right. Right on. Well, <clears throat> I, uh, I slid the little question in about your ethnicity because of the topic and I want so basically how this is going I don't know how many you've got to listen to or whatnot and if you haven't that actually makes this even better because you know you're coming in fresh but so there's this there's seven you are the seventh episode and each one has had someone from a different background you know what I'm saying I've had two white dudes two brothers two Hispanic dudes and now you will be the only one that's of mixed descent and that's the, you know a whole different perspective to throw in there. So that's that was why I wanted you to to vocalize the um, ethnicity, just so people can get a feel for uh, that. Not a problem, man. I love talking about it, man. I like to make guests too. Well, right on. Well, that being said, I'm gonna ask uh, my first one pertaining to the racism uh, topic. Uh, when I say racism, what is the first thing that comes to mind? So, <laughs> right, yeah. I, yeah. I, we, we could talk about this for uh, days. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I like bet. personal experiences and what I've seen and all of that. Uh, when I hear racism, man, I just think hate. 
You know what I'm saying? Just, right. just hate. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's black, white, green, red. Uh, you hate another culture simply because um, of their skin color or because they don't look like you. Right. Which is, you know, the most ignorant thing, in my opinion, that you can do. And, uh, and what really, in the South, man, what really trips you out is that you got all these so-called Christians, right. you know, around here. But then the main ones that's, you know, making derogatory statements and, uh, you know, racial slurs and whatnot. And claim to know God. If you know God, man, God is love. Right. Period. Right. Simple. Black and white, just like that. Right. So don't tell me you're a Christian and you're a man of God, a woman of God, when, you know, you feel indifferent about another race. Hey, can you please close that door? Sorry about that, guy. Oh, you all good. Now, you know, I, I like that. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that is kind of a reoccurring theme that has come up and and you know I in other episodes I've had bible verses ready and I, I just this one I just I just kind of we'll just let it flow you know what I'm saying but one of the bible verses I had and I don't have the, my bible in front of me but it was basically saying how can you I think was it in first peter anyway it was basically saying how can you say you love god but you don't love but you hate other people you know, those who say they love, they'll love God, but hate their brother, they're a liar. So that, that fits well with what, excuse me, that fit well with what you're saying, man. And it's just insane how people could, could profess Christianity, profess the love of Christ, and then say, but I can't stand them because they're gray or because they're, they're purple or because you know what I'm saying? So I agree with you, brother. I completely agree with you on that. Right. So, yeah, I appreciate that, man. So, let me ask this. Do you think there is a clear divide or distinction amongst the different races in our society? All right, elaborate on that. Just, I mean, when I ask that, like, do you, in your opinion, is there a clear divide amongst the different races? Like, you know, or is there a different distinction? I guess basically saying is... Is it obvious that there's divide amongst different races? Yeah, yeah I know definitely in the South, oh, yeah. like there's a clear division between black and white. You oh, know? Yeah. And, you know, the reason why racism disgusts me so much, man, is because of my ethnicity, you know, me being mixed. So, um, I have, okay, so first in school, you know, on one end, you know, black people that I hung around, some would be like, hey, you know, you you, you, you too light, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you can't kick it with a, uh, you can't say the N-word, that's back in the day where, you know, saying the N-word was cool down here. Right. And then on, uh, on the white side, you know, I'd be getting called a nigger every day. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I was on my own island for a minute. But that actually turned into a strength because I'm able to get around pretty much any ethnicity, uh, you know, you know, specifically white or black, 
kind of blend, you know. Right. And then also, over time, man, I've actually experienced the white privilege. I've been given favoritism over other or darker blacks. <laughs> and talking about feeling crazy, right. you know, so on, on one end, you won't. On one end, you won't the, the prize or the gold. And then on the other end, you want it the right way. You don't want it because they think, oh, I'm white. Right. Or maybe he's white. Right. You know, and so it, it, it's almost like you can't celebrate it. Right. No, you know, so then I'm going to ask you to, to more about that. that. That's not my next question. But since you mentioned white privilege and I, that's an interesting spin on it, what do you... What do you think about when you hear that term? What what comes to mind when you hear white privilege? And do you and do you believe it exists? That's so it's a two-part question. What comes to mind and do you believe it exists? What comes to your mind when you hear the term white privilege? <laughs> right. Such as, in my case, um, you get you get favored, you know. And, and the thing is, is like most of them don't even realize, you know, the Caucasians right. uh, don't realize or understand or believe in that because they don't know what on the other side when you don't have that privilege right. when you are running against up against obstacle and obstacle and obstacle and no and unfairness and uh, discrimination they've never seen that the parents of course are always they're, they're doing their duty to try to shield them from that or protect them from that right so they don't know what that is. They, they just think like you go through life and you just get like just about every opportunity that you go out for. And we know on the black side, <laughs> right. that is very rare. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, like, I like that because I agree with the statement when you say that because I know of a lot of people that I've talked to in the past, you know, <clears throat> and um, I brought up that term and they were like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. That don't exist. I don't have any privileges, you know, or I'm not privileged. I don't, I don't have, we got the same amount of money and they always, it always went to money or something like that. And I'm like, you don't get it. You know, and I, you know, some of these guys, I had to tell them if you and I, all things being equal, if you and I walk into the store together, they're not watching you. They're watching me. And I'm trying to get them to understand that that's white privilege. And another uh, distinction I made with that to, and I hope people heard this uh, this metaphor that I used, and I got this from a, a book I was reading, but the dude, um, it's uh, Pastor Miles McPherson, and um, I'm, a le- I'm left-handed, and so is he, and he was comparing white privilege to right-handed, you know, and I, I elaborated on what I thought about it, so basically when I was talking about it, I was like, so the world is set up for people who are right-handed. 
you know, something as simple as writing, cutting scissors, driving a car, opening doors. For the most part, everything is set up for right-handed people. Now, should right-handed people feel bad because they are, you know, getting the benefits of that? And I'm like, they shouldn't feel bad. It was set up for them. You know what I'm saying? So I, I hear you with that. So, yeah, that's just one of the things that I was, um, sorry, my dog is barking. That's one of the things that I was, uh, I was utilizing and with that, with that term white privilege, and I hope people hear it in that regard. And because I'm not trying to make it seem like they're evil when I bring it up. And a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, you're saying I'm racist. Uh, they, ain't got, they ain't saying you're racist. You know, how are you racist? Because you are benefiting from a system that you didn't set up. You know, to me, when it's racist is when people are like trying to downplay like it doesn't exist. That that would be the racist part of it. Be like, oh, no, that doesn't exist. Oh, well, then they, that's when I'm like, all right, that's crazy how you can say that. But I also wanted to add one thing. And then I, I want to get your feedback on what I just said. One thing is I this is my hypothesis. This is me saying I believe that if you were here in Colorado, when you said you you benefited from white privilege, you know, or thereof, I think if you were here in Colorado, it wouldn't be the same. Because as I'm sitting here looking at you, you aren't quote unquote white enough here for that to be something that you would benefit from because it's more it's more enculturated. You know, it's not that clear divide. I mean, I got family in the South, man. I've been to Arkansas and man, them cat, some of them cats are stuck in time zones, you know, and like stuck in a time warp. So it's not that clear of a distinction here. So you would you wouldn't be considered you they wouldn't lump you in here. You'd still be one of us here in Colorado. So what what would they go by? Uh, or so so they would just label me black. You you would just be black. How, how would what would they look at for that? Say that again. That. What would they look to determine uh, that? Right. Right. If I don't dress like this and I put a ball cap on and some khakis and a polo, most half the people think I'm white. So if I didn't walk around like this and I walked around like that, would they even be able to throw me in the box? That's a good question. That's a good question. And the fact that you said that plays on something that I was talking to my family about the other day. One of the terms that, as I get older and older, the terms that upset me is when people claim something is whitewashed, or you know what I'm saying, or trying to say that somebody talked black or not. And then I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how you can't? I can't talk what I am. You know what I'm saying? I, how you dress is culture. I'm glad you said that. We dress yeah. in a hip hop culture. That ain't black. Right. That's a hip hop culture. So right. to, to answer your question. Assumptions, they would make assumptions. I believe, based off of my experiences, because I've went to schools where there were, it was predominantly white, and if you looked somewhat like you wasn't white, you got lumped in with Hispanics, blacks, something. Yeah. You know, they they would they, there's enough that they could see. They'd be like, oh, this dude didn't. I mean, he might be mixed, but this dude is black. Because there was this cat that I went to, to high school with. And he was like a quarter black. 
you know, he he had blonde hair, he had light eyes, but he had, you know, feet his features were black. And they discounted every all 75% of him that was white, including the fact that he lived with his white mom. Right. And they they everybody called him black. Yeah, see, and so I, I went to Alabama, man. You know, the roll tide, Alabama. <laughs> it, you know, it was talk about predominantly white. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean it might have been like three percent that was Ooh, black. Yeah. And you know, now at Bama I didn't dress like how I do now. I was like, you know, ball cap. Uh, khakis or whatnot, so you couldn't just look at the uh, clothing. But what what always gave it away back then was I talked black. Right, right. And, I, and honestly, man, I do it on purpose when it, when I need to. Now that's the thing. Like I can turn it on, I can turn it off in a corporate environment. Right. Of course, I'm a big funny you said that you can switch it on and off i was talking to my pastor um this was man this was a month and a half two months ago and he we were talking and he he said to me that you said you know you're bilingual and i I stopped and i'm like because i'm trying to learn spanish and i was like no dude i'm not bilingual and he said you know you are because you can talk proper professional when you need to And then you could talk for the streets to understand you. And he said, there's not, a lot of people don't get that. We got a lot of, we got a lot of uh, black folks who don't want to turn that on and off. They're like, this is me, this is how I am. And, you know, in fact, when we, like you and I talked about, we could turn it on and off of what setting, I've been called a sellout because I've turned it off and talked professional. You know, they're like, oh, this dude, oh, he want to be white. Like, no, fool, I want to, I want to be in the corporate world and be able to be heard and respected you know and, and that that blows my mind that because we switched dialect now all of a sudden people are like oh man you, you, you trying to be white no man they ain't got nothing to do with trying to be white i can't be white even if i tried to be white i couldn't be white right right no i mean you're just being articulate and well-spoken you know i mean hey man it's Unfortunately, what our culture and do it stems from slavery. You know, back in slavery, they taught us to hate each other, right? Not like each other. I mean, you had field niggas, house niggas, right? You know? I'd have been in the house, <laughs> right? I'd have been in the field, and I'd have been keeping it real, <laughs> right? You know, that, that creates animosity and hatred, and that's why you have the whole crabs in the barrel situation going on still to this day man our culture does not like to reach down and help others out man you know it's unfortunate and you know but of course in other races man they like paved the way right that i like that i like that because i i I was talking about this same thing with somebody too 
and we, you know, I was with, I forget where we were at. And it's like, it's, it's crazy how black folks can't stand to see other black folks succeed. You know, it's like if another black folk, is, you know, somebody else is doing something, and black, for some reason, like you said, culturally, they want to start like hating, like, oh, that, that nigga think he too good for somebody, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, come on, man, dude is doing good for himself. Why can't we celebrate that? And we, and then those same people are quick to call somebody a hater when they talk about how, what they doing. So like, so somebody legitly is going, you know, doing their thing and being successful. Everybody thought, oh, he think he too good. But then you got this person who's doing things illegitimately, illegitimately, and we speak on that. And they're like, why are you hating? Why are you doing all that? It's like, man, like you sitting here judging my man for doing right. And we point out what you're doing wrong. And I'm a hater. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, man. I mean. It's, it's, it's just unfortunate, man. It's sad, you know, and that's why anytime anyone does something to give back or reach out, you know, even what you're doing, you know, and what I'm about to start doing on my end, man, I mean, it's not going to be specifically for ethnic men or black men, but I mean, I will be talking a lot about that. Right. You know, to bring awareness to it. Um, because I'm, you know, I've, I've experienced it. I've been through it. You know, some people ask me, "How do you live down there?" Like I couldn't do it. You know, well, it's with with anything else. You know, like if it's bad traffic in California, you know, right. I could be like, "How do y'all live out there?" Because I couldn't do that. That's what I'm <laughs> but you just you get used to it, right? You know. Well, you know. Um, I've said this about being in the South, and I, I will give this, and I to this day said it because I've lived, I've lived in Texas. I know a lot of people don't call that the South, but I've lived in Texas. So I lived in Texas, and I I've been to to Mississippi, I've been to Arkansas, I've been to Louisiana, <clears throat> and the one thing that I will say that's consistent that y'all have up on us here is. They are straightforward. You know, if they're racist down south, they let you know where they're coming from. I ain't hiding it. I don't like you. Whereas here, they are very, very indiscreet about it. You know, they'll sit there and be like, man, you know what? I love this. I love this. I love these people. And turn around and be like, can you? And start talking about N-word this, cracker this, you know, all of these different things. The, the, right. the racism here is very subtle. It's very, under, you know, closet racist is what we call them here. There's a lot of that here. Well, the thing is, man, like, yeah, I would say probably a, a good majority here are up front. But what blew my mind is, like, when your boy Trump became president, oh, dude, all <laughs> of the closet ones. <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, like, people that I've known for years, man, and I've even had to delete some people, you know, off Facebook. Man. Because it, it came, the, I kept saying, I kept telling people, like, the masks are off. All it was was they were wearing masks. They right. Now the mask, Trump has made them bold, and they're taking the mask off. 
but you know, I just hope they understand, man. It's not 1950. Right. Like, we're not putting up with this crap, dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah. I hear you. You're not gonna take me out somewhere with me. I mean, we both going. <laughs> I hear you. I no, 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 man. I hear you. And you know, it, it's crazy to think about all of that because I I saw I saw that because everybody was saying how racism was quote unquote dead. And then when Obama got in the, into the office, I believe that it started the way for how you say the people how they reacted when Trump because when Obama got in. The people who said they wasn't racist that really were started talking then. Like, oh, man, I can't stand this dude as president for whatever reason, you know. And they started just just dumping on dude. And I'm like, man. And some of the stuff that I heard people saying was the same thing that Bush had done prior. But now it's a bad thing because, you know, he's a brother. And so I saw this and then Trump got in and, like you said, all bets were off. It's like... For whatever reason, going from a black president to someone like Trump made the, the the charade of racism that people had that it was like dying down. It made them like just kill that charade and just come with it. Like you said, the, the, the people who are racist against everybody else, whether it be black, Hispanic, Asian, had the fuel that they needed. You know what I'm saying? And then you have it on the other side where... You had the, the, the minorities who were like, man, this fool in the office, you know what I'm saying? And it just it sparked that divide. That, so when I asked you about that divide, I think it when some when one Trump got in, that divide just went and it just grew. And you were it, it sucks because you were you're either on this side or that side. It's not like there's an in-between. Yeah, yeah. He he made that thing part like the red. <laughs> yeah, he sure did, man. And oh, it's man. just crazy. So, I mean. And they believe in it. I mean, they, they all for it, man. And, you know, and it's crazy because it's 2019. Right. And I feel like this joke is trying to take it back to the 50s. Now, I mean, one thing I can appreciate that it did expose the people who had the mask on. Yeah. Because I would much rather respect you if you came to me and said, look, I don't like you because you're a spick or you missed or you're a nigga. Mm -hmm. I would respect that. You know? I agree. You don't just get disrespectful in my face. Right. I respect that more than somebody who sit there and try to smile in my face and be my friend, but in reality, they can't stand it, you know? That, what you just said is what it is here that's how it is here there's so many not everybody let me say that because i know people hear this and lose their mind but but i guess if you hear me say this and you get mad i'm probably talking about you so there are a lot of people here that do what you just said they sit there and they love black people this they love this they love mexican they love this blah 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 and then they get with their peeps and then they start saying, nigga, this, you know, wet back that, all of this stuff. And it comes out. And that's one of the bad things about here. Because everybody, there's this big push that Colorado is extremely liberal. But it's not. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a weird, Colorado is a weird mix. And that, that closet races, like you were saying, there's a lot of where, and we've, I've had conversations with people 
who professed that they did not like anybody of minority. And basically what you just said, like, okay, that's your choice. You get to have that. At least I know who you are now. Right, As opposed right, to the no, person next to him. Right. right. The person next to him that's like, I don't believe what he says. But then we they having a conversation and they both talking about how they don't like this, this, and this. So that it, right. it, it sucks that we deal with that here, but that's one of the big issues about here. You got to really know who's got your back. It's not as out front here. Well, oh, damn. you know, what I do, man, is, uh, you know, I'm a people person. So, I mean, I, I can, I just love to talk to people. I'm open-minded. I always put myself in other people's shoes. I don't judge. Right. And uh, I, I just, I, I bring it up all the time, race, because I want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It does two things. Number one, it brings awareness. Number two, it helps me determine where you at. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are, are you, do you have a mask? Are you up front and just don't like black folks? And then, beyond that, I keep them close to me. You know the whole saying? Right. Your friend close and your enemies closer? Right. Oh, I'll be all up in their face. Hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, you play the game, man. But at the same time, draw the line in the sand. Because I know there was, <laughs> there was a guy at work, man. He's a white guy, country guy. And um, we were talking about a situation. And I was telling him about how, you know, I used to get called a nigga every day growing up. And he was like, I mean, man, you know, I mean, I mean people just say that word, man. I mean, people just say the word nigger. I was like, well... I know if you call me a nigga, we gonna have some problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I mean, and we boys, right? Right. Like, oh shoot. Go for it. Yeah. So, you know, we were boys like me and you, but I just had to let him know. <laughs> hey, man, don't try that. Right. You know, we, not back in the 50s and no it's not okay I mean, you can get around your white friends and say that but don't don't get around no black folks talking about hey nigger right so, and he saw he thought it was funny man and I was just kind of like we'll laugh about it but I'm serious <laughs> that right there people don't get that people don't understand that being that I've been in in schools where I was the only black kid, whether it be Hispanic, whether it be white, you know, but I, I had to say this more at the white high school than I did before. What you just said, like we can laugh and all that, but, but this is for real. I'm, what I'm telling you is real, but you know, ha ha ha. It's all funny. Yeah. Yeah. You just mind your bit. You mind your P's and Q's and we good. But if you keep pushing the envelope, man, it might, it might be some things, man. And you know the, the the crazy thing about it, like at my high school, we had a we had this big old race thing in my sophomore year. Man, you it was it was all kind of crazy. You know, you would think as progressive quote unquote as Colorado was that we wouldn't have issues like that. But man, it was like it was bad. In fact, they, the, the skinheads that was at my school because they were the ones that were antagonizing everything. They ended up kicking them out of the school, man, because. It got so bad that it wasn't just the, the the minorities that were upset with them. They started upsetting their own kind. You know, 
by that they started upsetting the white folks as well as everybody else and they was like man y'all better do something about these people because it's about to get ugly and we had a meeting and i basically said that they were asking us you know they were asking us what do we do what what can we do to end this i was like if y'all don't get rid of them they gonna end up dying and they were able to ha ha i was like no 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 you you got it wrong nobody's playing like they they take it too far you need to do something you know it'd be one thing if it was just a couple of people but it was like they started upsetting the whole school and even people who didn't necessarily like black people but didn't agree with them that's how bad it got man that's crazy dude right that, that did get bad. yes i mean and i'm like what, what this is crazy but i mean that but that's the stuff i'm talking about how it gets here you know because the people who were the skinheads the year before would sit on the bus with me in the back of the bus and we'd be listening to the chronic you know the chronic album we'd be listening to dre and and and, and snoop and tribe called quest and they was bumping that and then all of a sudden a year later now they now they calling me nigga this nigga that you know and talking about how they was gonna hang me and all kind of stuff like Oh, you was just bumping the same. We was just having conversations. Like, how do you go from that to that extreme that quick, you know? Influences, man. Right. That's all that was. That happened to me, man. One of my best friends in elementary school. And when we got to uh, junior high, he was calling me a nigga. Oh, man. What? I had to say that to him, man, because they, you know, because I was the smallest, I was the smallest of the black folks. Right. So naturally they went after me because I was the smallest. And we had a conversation, man. That separates, you know, leaders from followers, man. Right. That's why I'm constantly telling my child, my sons, man, or my eight year old, man, be a leader. Not a follower. You be you. Right. Don't ever want to follow somebody else. I was like that growing up, man. I don't know if it was just my natural DNA. I just never wanted to be popular. Never wanted to be with the in crowd. I was straight solo dolo. But somehow, man, it's just like I was always popular because I was just mad cool and just loved everybody, respected everybody. But right. at the same time, Amen. You know, even before, I mean, because I, I was raised in the church. <clears throat> I went to church as a child. I walked away from it when I was a teenager, you know, because I knew everything. But even when I walked away from from my from my faith, I guess you would call it, I was always trying to be that light. Like you said, I was the one that was trying to talk to everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, everybody talking about, well, they, they that and they that. I'm like, oh, well, ain't nothing wrong with them, you know, trying to pull people together even in the midst of my pro-black phase when i was like you know i'm rocking public enemy all the time and you know talking about down with the white man i was still trying to connect everybody because it like you said it's in my dna my dna is to be a peacemaker and i you know i didn't it's nothing that i strive to do it just happens so i hear you man yeah we're we're a lot of light man because i was 
like that too. I went through like a thug phase, but I was still like the thug trying to bring it around. With my hair and bone chain on and Gucci Link and all that. Right. I even had the, the long braids and everything, you know, O-Dog look. Yeah. I had that and everything and, you know, rocking the baggy stuff. But still, you know, in the midst of all of that, still trying to keep yeah. the peace. So, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Well, I guess you kind of, if I, this could take, you know what? I'm not going to ask you this because of where you at. It's about racial, racial experiences. But you have, I'm assuming you have a plethora of them being in the South. So let me, let me go to this next question. And maybe, maybe we have about, we got about 20 minutes. So what, um, what do you believe your bias is when it comes to the topic of racism? What do I believe my what now? Your bias. When it comes to racism? Yes, sir. It's uh, a good question. Biased meaning, and so I feel so crazy right now. Definition of bias would be like what? Just leaning more towards. Base. Yeah. Yeah. That, or I mean. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm Man, that's a good question. I Yeah, so um, which is 
so important, man, that we give back. You know, I mentor teens at my church, and I, the Holy Spirit told me teen, teen boys specifically, because I felt like that's where the need was, and there's a lot of absent fathers out there, and they just, man, they out here just running amok, dude, crazy in Alabama right now, killing folks left and right, no value for life whatsoever. And uh, it's because they don't have any guidance, man. Right. You know, no guidance, no no father, nobody to talk to, beat them when they get out of, you know what I'm saying, out yeah. of order. And so I just try my best to mentor to them and just, and I keep it real, man. That, that's one thing about me and everything. So I use my own personal experiences, you know, when I'm talking to them. Yeah. I don't try to make them seem like I'm perfect. I tell them when I messed up. When I corrected myself, when I got lost, when I got found, all this stuff. So, I, man, we do have a lot in common because one of the key things to to the ministry that I am I'm in is that relatability, and I'm I'm transparent with them. So when we're yeah, talking, yeah, when right. we're talking That's to the kids, it's like, hey, I'm gonna tell you, when I was your age, I was doing blah blah blah. You know, I, I told them right. I came from, I took the you know one of the the pieces of the culture that are negative and how our culture breeded men who had to conquer women in order to be a man and I took that and ran with it and I'm, I'm telling these kids that like hey man I'm not telling you not to be that because I'm just saying that I'm telling you not to be that because I was that you know what I'm saying and that ain't how you want to live so I hear you man that's that's one of the that's one of the key things to my ministry is like you said, being transparent with. And I even tell the young ladies because like my job that I'm at now, I'm, uh, I work with the, the, the quote unquote as at risk youth. And yeah. when I first started the job, I was telling them how I believe God gave me a gift to speak to women. Now, as a teenager and in my early twenties, that meant objectify. But as I got older, God was like, no, no, no. I didn't give you this to take advantage of. I gave you this to uplift and encourage. And so, and I was telling them that, and these girls, you know, they, this was the first time they met me. And they were like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. And they had all these questions and it opened their eyes to me. They're like, well, and how do you think this? And, and so now I have, you know, now that I'm working there, I have these girls who are like, hey, I can't believe you said something like that. I can't believe you came out and, and addressed that. And I, I'm so blessed by that. You know what I'm saying? And that's because I was transparent. You know, I could be one of those people who who fake the funk when it comes to Christianity and be like, man, I don't ever, I ain't never did nothing. I'm, you know, I don't ever have these thoughts. I don't ever do nothing, man. I'm, 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 I'm God 24, 7, 365, you know, but why lie? You know what I'm saying? Why lie? Because we know everybody, everybody got a messed up thought somewhere. They'd mess up somewhere. We need to tell people that so they know that when they mess up, it's all right as long as they change, you know, where they're going. You know, don't make the same mistake over, but I messed up. That doesn't mean I'm kicked out of the faith. That just means I made a mistake. Right. And in this day and age, man, with this generation of millennials and stuff, they ain't going for that, man. Come at them like you all high and mighty and perfect. It's a wrap. Oh, yeah. You don't even get past the wall. 
especially with teenage boys, I go in straight, like you said, transparent. I'm talking slang, hood, right. whatever I got to do to get into their psyche. Um, and just give it to them real, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Once they, and, and they see I'm authentic, and that's the only way I know how to be in everything. And so once you earn that respect and trust, man, they, they, they tell you everything, man. Oh, yeah. And that, it opened my eyes to, like, all that they're going through, man. And it, it helped me in, in raising my son, too, you know, right. just to kind of be proactive and on the lookout for stuff that they're going through, man. And they, I don't I don't envy this generation and the stuff that they deal with uh, you know I've, I'm one of those people who said that I should have shut up about rushing my life you know what I'm saying you know how senior year in high school all I could talk about was being grown and now now all these years into it I'm like man I should have just shut up and been a you know been a kid that being said I would hate to be a kid right now because you know I worked in the schools and I worked with the kids that I work with now and my goodness man I I, I there's no thank you man I'm I'm glad to be grown with with wisdom in the society that we have now yeah yeah it's, it's coming at them from all corners man and I agree. It's not the people, it's, you know, what they watching on TV. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just made my son uh, get off his game, man. I already felt like it was too demonic, and they real slick in these games, man. You know, they, they, they make them appealing to kids, but just looking at it, it you know, they, the characters look demonic, and, you know, they're walking around with swords, and they, they, they're skeletons. You know what I'm saying? And right. I'm telling him, like, I don't like that, man. That's the money. He don't understand that. You know right. what I'm saying? He a kid, and he think I'm just trying to take his fun game away. But then next thing you know, it's feeding into his behavior. And that's when it's like, right. I got to get you, man. You just going to have to be mad. So. And I see, and I, I think that, that goes with the whole, like, aspect of... That, that that racial divide amongst when it comes to them too because they have they have imagine if we had social media during the Rodney King you know what I'm saying how how that would be it was bad before social media now could you imagine if we had that back then and the stuff that they're dealing with you know so we talk about all the stuff all the shootings and you know how the police that were that was killing young black men and how social media was like Bam! Look, they hate y'all, and then and then saying on this side they're like, bam, they hate y'all, and just you know, and and this is the generation that they're growing up, and my prayer is that they see through that, like you said, that deception. They see through that because I believe that this generation can fix that because they're more enculturated than we ever were. But then every time you get to that point of enculturation. You throw in something, Donald Trump said this, and then, you know, and people put their spin on whatever side you're on, and then now we now we in a disagreement again, and everybody talking about, well, I can't stand white this, I can't stand black that, I can't stand Mexican that, all because of something that was said, you know, and I just hope that they, I hope that they can 
see through the deception, see through the crap and be like, man, that is just a crap statement. And, you know, listen, I don't agree with everything everybody says, whether they black, whether they Mexican, whether they Asian, whatever. So why can't I have that same to someone who's white knowing that I don't agree with everything, but not trying to, you know, fight with them just because they said something that I don't agree with. You know, it's crazy how that is. And you mentioned something that was in the the episode that I just published. You was talking about how our culture likes to make excuses. I I don't know if you said it that way, but yeah, that's what we that was one of the, the, the last episode that I just published. We talked about that victim mentality, man. And it's like, dude, I get it. I get it. You know, we we have it hard. We have it harder. But that can't be the excuse not to move forward in life. You know what I'm saying? You you gotta you gotta do some. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. You you, you gotta do something. You gotta do something. You, we can't sit here and be like the white man this, the white man that, the white man that. And then what do you do? Oh, I just sit at the crib and collect food stamps. So, how's the white man keeping you down if you ain't even trying? Yeah. Nah, you just being lazy, man. They right. Yeah. So, I mean, let me ask you this. Um, how do you feel that you personally can help fight the problem against racism? And, and you know right. the culture and, and, and all of that 
So I saw where he was coming from, but then I also told him, I was like, well, man, you have to be willing to want to understand the culture. You know what I'm saying? Right. I want to understand your culture. I want to talk about it, see what you're about. So don't just be afraid of it because you learn nothing from that. I completely... And you assume and you judge and you make assumptions and <laughs> there you go. That's funny, man. I said that same thing in an earlier episode. I said to me, what I was saying is that people don't want to learn about each other. They don't know they what they hear, they see on here, or they hear from here, or they hear from there. And so they, what they don't know, they make their own assumptions and they feel what they don't know with what they've assumed based off of all this yeah. other stuff, which is what the birth of stereotypes are. So... I'm making a stereotype about you because, you know, well, I don't know. I don't know much about mixed people in Alabama. You know, I'm just just to make some silly example out of it. And so instead of talking to you about it, I'll be like, oh, well, I think because mixed people in Alabama, he's probably confused. He probably hates himself, you know, and silly stuff like that. And then people are like, oh, see, that's how they are. And then they wonder why we have these these this issue with racism because won't nobody do what you just said like start a conversation and listen and black folks are terrible at the listen part because soon as we hear something we don't like and it's it's on right it's on like no what did you say fool and now we now we ready to fight yeah there's a reason why they're scared man i mean we just kind of we've created that facade I, te- now, I mean, is it justified? You know, looking at what all we've been through over the years, uh, you can go either way, man. I mean, a believer, you're just not gonna walk around angry. You know what I'm saying? No, I, 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 um, I hear you. Yeah, but, but also, my cousins who grew up in the hood went through foster care. Uh, just been treated horrible throughout life, man. I see why they got a chip on their shoulder. So, no, no, I, I agree with you. Being a black man, I get it. I understand the chip, especially being a black man who, who is always put in a, in a, Areas where I have been the minority, and it's not, it wasn't always just white folks. I've always had to be the minority. So I understand the chip because I had Latinos calling me a nigga. I had white boys calling me a nigga. I had it all, you know. So I understand the chip. I get it. But like you said, you can't walk around angry all the time. You know, you can't carry that. And I tell the kids that I work with, I'm like, hey, if you don't want to be the stereotype, don't be the stereotype. You already have a target on your back. So if you act the part, then all you're doing is just justifying what they're saying about you. Right, right, yeah. And you know, some here. You should overcome that, man. Amen. One of them, my cousins, he's in a good space now. He doesn't run to that as an excuse every time something in his life doesn't go. Right. Right. You know, they, I got so tired of them saying, man, you know, cuz I just want to, you know, you, I want to be successful like you, man, but you know how we grew up, and, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, stop it. 
because, yeah, I may have been in, you know, middle class and the upbringing may have been different, but that in no way changed my drive, my motivation to want to be the best that I can be. You know what I'm saying? No, I my situation you. was just different from I hear my you. mom and my relationship, so. I hear you, man. So. All right, my brother. So I, I, I appreciate I appreciate that. I, I like I, I agree with you that you know <clears throat> we can't we can't let all of our. I mean, there is white privilege. There is unequal, unfair treatment. Nobody's denying that. But we can't let that stop us from moving forward. And this this is Bible that I'm speaking now. You know, Jesus Jesus said that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Racism is a weapon. So we should prosper, even though that's thrown against us. And I wish more people would hear that. And they would, let me change that, would listen to that. But, you know, we we throw Jesus in there and we done lost a lot of people. You know, they're like, ah, don't nobody want to hear that. Ah. But if they listen to that. Right. But if they listen to that, they would see the fruits of it and get beyond that. Because, I mean, let's be real. There are successful minorities in this country. And a lot of them had to deal with hell for lack of a better word to get where they went but they didn't let that stop them they kept going so right you got to man well brother i appreciate that uh at the anything else in closing anything else on your mind nah man you know i'm just i I love what what, uh you guys are doing man you and ryan you know and ryan is staying on me being consistent because you know that's just hey man it's, it's been a problem area for me I ain't finna sit here and lie trying to find the time and, oh, yeah. and not let my emotions lead my motivation not get tired and be like I'm tired now I can't do it I gotta push through that man cause the people need to hear it man I like to talk anyway <laughs> and uh, I, I'll be doing a disservice to uh my Lord has saved it, man. Not using the gifts that he's blessed me. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Well, you uh, beat me too. I was going to ask you about your podcast because I've been, I, I heard the last, the one that I heard, have you done one since then? I haven't, man. I was going to do it that following week and I had got that uh, respiratory infection. Uh, yes, Ryan did tell me that. He told me that. Yeah. And uh wanted to do one this week. I'm probably going to do it this weekend, man. Uh, I was trying to do it at work. I just can't do it at work. It's just too busy, man. Right. So I was like, I'm going to do it on my lunch. So I'm going to just do it over the weekend. You know, I got to go to work on Sunday anyway by myself to catch up on some stuff. I'm going to take my mic with me. And actually, the girl I worked out with this morning, man, she listened to it and she approached me and she wants to come on and have like kind of like a male versus female. Oh shoot! Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, in, yeah I want to hear that. You got the female side. 
right. uh, an interview versus the male side, and I was like, oh yeah, then we can do that. Oh yeah, I, I definitely want to hear that. Yeah, but no, I, I'm gonna put one out this weekend, man. And then after that, I'm making a goal to do one a week. That's that's what I do, one a week. One. I just gotta pick the day, but I'm gonna do one a week. I release every Friday. Yeah. And so, hey, but, but y'all keep pushing, cause man, Ryan, Ryan helps me, man. It's just like I'll get in a funk, and he'll be like, "Hey, you need to get some more clip notes," you know. And it's just like, man, I need to get on. Well, so, so I, I will encourage you. I understand where you're coming from. I've struggled with that same thing. And I had Ryan in my ear pushing me to get through it. So, I mean, you got this, brother. I, I loved the one you did. I loved that. I yeah. loved the. I heard that. I was, I was like, oh, man. I don't know if you got the message I sent you, but I was. Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I did. That that's was what cool because I wanted to see it in action. Right. Know? So, that's cool. So, um, tell everybody the name of your podcast again. Hey, it's uh, Cliff Notes. That's the name of the podcast. By Cliff Jones, and um, just all about encouraging, uplifting, spreading love, man, keeping people going and pushing. Praise God. So, this is silly, and I'm going to end it on this. So, how many people, when you say your last name is Jones, get on that whole Mike Jones stuff? That that was years ago. (laughs) It's always like keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, Right on, brother. I bet. That's why I asked because I thought about it. So that's why I asked. Well, right on, brother. Well, I thank you for uh, be respectful of your time. Thank you for coming on, and um, we're gonna check out Cliff Notes. I can't wait for you to publish the next one. Um, And uh, thank you, brother. For sure, y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here first. This weekend, Cliff yes, Cliff sir. Notes, check Friday, that out. Sunday, out. All right, Sunday, we 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 are expecting that. All right, so everybody, I like to thank you for coming on. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, next week will be the conclusion of the racism series. It'll be uh, me just concluding it out. Thank you for y'all. Come back next week. Love y'all. Peace. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Anthony. I am adding, um, again, I have to make an amendment, addendment, whatever word you want to use, to what I said at the end of this episode when I said that the next week would be about the conclusion to the racism series. Well, you know what? I just can't get past it, man. I had to get another perspective on that. So I have a... I got my oldest daughter who is uh, coming through with her opinion on it. You know, we had to we had to get the female perspective. It's just been all male dominated. And, you know, that that doesn't represent well, especially if you're trying to get the whole the whole spectrum. And so I got my daughter who is also mixed. And so that's another perspective from someone who is of multi multiple races, multi biracial the word we want to use. So anyway, come back next week 
as we will hear Zaria May and her perspective on the racism topic. Love y'all. Peace.